the Mind Body Podcast, your rebellious podcast with me, your host, Maria, where it is all about a strong body, calm mind, healing, and fully living. And it is a special treat that we have today, my friend and colleague, Eunicia Perret. How are you, my darling? I'm doing great, Maria. So good to be here with you today. Welcome. You are a wealth strategist uh, with Empowered Financial Planner, and you are the founder and CEO of Excelstra Wealth Strategy Firm, which I'm so excited that we're going to hear about. And Eunice, you have a fascinating story. You actually were in the corporate world. You were working for the big consulting firms, and you identified a niche in the market or a glitch rather in the market and an opportunity to do something different. And we're going to talk about that. But before that, we got to get to know you. So let's start with three words that tell us who is Onisia. Oh my goodness. That, that's a hard one, but let's have some fun with it. Um, at three words, tenacious, uh, I would say, um, strong-headed, uh, but that's two words. Um, what was that? We will take that. We'll take that. Okay. So tenacious, strong-headed, and passionate. Um, I don't give up easily. I especially don't give up when I know that uh, that we're we're onto something or that we need to get to the bottom of what is the right answer. Uh, because oftentimes what as individuals uh, we're, we're paralyzed by thousand and one different permutations or answers to any one given question. And depending on which answer we choose, sometimes it can be good. Sometimes it can be bad. Sometimes it can be neutral, but the idea is we need to find the ideal. Um, so that's, that's me a little bit there. And then I'm very passionate about making sure that uh, we do what we need to get done, not just for ourselves, but very importantly for our clients, because frankly, that's what keeps the world going. Yeah, serving and doing what we do and serving with uh, our talents. You know, as you're presenting yourself, this is a joke, and I hope you take it as a joke. But as my husband says, oh, another stubborn Eastern European woman. <laughs> the term <laughs> European woman. We'll um, take that. Yes, we'll, we'll, we own that, and we take that as a compliment. <laughs> you know, we'll take it as a compliment any day. It's The reality is that... Uh, I love strong women and 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 the 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 beautiful thing is that eastern european women are are um are strong and not just because we were born in eastern europe but lord knows we were we were dealt with some things that we had to overcome and and it was make it or break it right that builds resilience that is the way i say it right there you go manage to joke about it and still keep that resilience and get the job done with passion and determination like you said so Yunisia, take us back you are having a great job working for big consulting company and you see that something is missing in that market what is it that made you make that big jump into entrepreneurship into a role that kind of really doesn't exist out there it's very unique well, I love that you put that out there because it's very true. Um, my shift out of corporate America was a very non-conventional one, actually. I worked really hard in my career. I climbed up the ladder and I was now evaluating the idea of partnership. Uh, partnership in a consulting firm is not a joke, similarly to a partnership in many other types of professional services firms. And it, it really was my husband who had some questions for me. And, and he said, listen, up until now, you did phenomenal. Clearly, you deliver a ton of value. You were always promoted ahead of, of schedule. 
but is this really what you want to do? Because up until now, you you drank the Kool-Aid. As a partner, you're going to have to sell the Kool-Aid. And so he had a, a list of questions that we will not talk about here um, on the podcast, but a list of questions that were very pointed. And it was basically a yes or a no. And after a couple of no's, he asked me, he said, how many CLMs, career limiting moves, do you think you're going to be able to afford? And it was at that point in time that I realized I will share one of the ideas that he talked about was this this notion of, are you going to continue to give your brain to build it for someone else and go through the mess? Like even as executives, executives go through hardships day in and day out, and there's so much fear related to their job. And my husband said, is that the kind of lifestyle that you want to continue on? Or the alternative is, would you like to maybe give it, give yourself a chance to see whether or not entrepreneurship and business ownership is in the cards for you? If, if maybe you'll enjoy that, because if you do, then guess what? You no longer have a boss. You have clients that you serve. You serve with joy. It's your business. And you get to make the biggest impact that you know you can make without the strengths. Plus, you get to leave a legacy, a legacy to our children, a legacy to our family. And I thought, this is great. So I took a little bit of a chance on myself, uh, a lot of chance on myself. I'm going to say a little bit of a chance. Okay. <laughs> a little bit. Not many people make that change or, or a change as, as major after they've truly, truly built their career. They're fi- they finally reach the epitome of success, and then they decide they're going to do something else. But I did. Um, I took that leap of faith and in doing so, I started, you were talking about doing what nobody else does or or offering services that are not really out there uh, because finance has always been in my, in my cards. I was an expert in, on strategy consulting, specifically focusing on the finance operations, the office of the CFO. I saw a lot of um, troubles when it comes to money with how companies handle money and, 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 and financial losses and financial pitfalls, right? So when I started um, kind of looking at what this could look like on my own, I knew that I didn't want to do strategy consulting like I had before, did not want to focus on Fortune 500 companies. But I also knew that we as as, as a family had been missing out a ton when it comes to what was happening with our money, particularly because as at that point in time, not exactly not exactly among the ultra wealthy, where financial advisors would be lining up at our door, anytime we would ask questions, it would always be self-served more towards the financial advisor and what's in it for them versus for us. So when I stepped back, one of the first things that I did is I started looking at what was happening with our own financial um, house. And what I realized was that similarly to how a lot of companies have blind spots when it comes to doing more with less and optimizing and growing their companies and growing the bottom line. So do individuals, but it's even worse for us as individuals, because this is our money. We work hard for it. And there's no, it's hard to recuperate from potentially major losses or major, major financial setbacks. And so I dug my heels, started looking at what was happening with an industry, with the industry of financial services, how clients and individuals were provided services, and really identifying, focusing on identifying the blind spots, constantly asking the question of what should clients be getting? What should they know more? What should they know more of? What should should they be running away from? But they're not. And so that's kind of where we started. And it just kept growing on and on and on from there. 
funny story is I wasn't going back into strategy consulting, but it's exactly those that area of expertise that is making us as successful as we are and as unique as we are in the marketplace. And you know, Anissi, I'm, I'm smiling because I'm in a totally different world. I used to be in the finance area. I made one of those non-conventional moves into the wellness world. And I'm smiling because I can so relate to what you're saying from a different perspective. Because when I started, I started my studio as a fitness studio. And the way it has expanded and grown is so much more than that. And like the podcast in itself is something that has evolved as me realizing that there is a need out there greater than what we have already there. And what fuels me as an entrepreneur and as I seeing the change in my clients, which I'm sure you know, you're experiencing that from a financial perspective and financial wealth is one of the pillars of wellness, right? If our financial wealth and health is not there, it causes us a lot of well-being type of issues, can't sleep, worry and all of that. It's, it's truly phenomenal to see how when you identify those niches, when you stay open to the opportunities, right? You said, I don't want to go there. And it's like, well, let's explore. Um, <laughs> it's amazing what you find there and how, how, how you can build something completely unique that stands out from the market. And then you offer a different solution, something that people don't really even think about that, that they need, right? Until they discover you. <clears throat> and a lot of my clients say, how come nobody teaches us that? And I think you probably hear a lot of, I'm just guessing, you probably hear a lot of that too. Absolutely. That That's that's one of the things that not only differentiates us, but for example, just earlier today, I was on a call with a with a financial advisor and he said, Yunisi, I, I, I just love what you do because you're truly at the end of the day, empowering your clients to make decisions in a way where historically it's been in a vacuum, right? They listen to one individual here or somebody else there and they end up, I mean, they end up in many cases, maybe being okay, but there's a huge difference between okay and being excellent at at where we end up, you know, in the in the shorter or in the longer term. And so, um, you made a point about the being open to ideas, being open to new opportunities. Honestly, there are a lot of individuals that might be listening that are wondering how in the world the the these two uh, crazy Eastern European ladies they took these non conventional exits, right? That that's crazy. It shouldn't be done at that point in time. You're five, 10, 15 years away from retirement. You stuck out with it, just stick out with it for the rest of the time. But that's not where we need to be. As human beings, we need to find joy. And the joy comes from the job that we have or the way in which we serve in, in, in this world. And but it also comes from, to your point, having that peace in our hearts that what we're doing in the path that we're on is that which we enjoy being on. And when it comes to money, there are way too many individuals, super wealthy and really not that wealthy alike, that lose sleep at night in various ways and for various reasons, but in unison over money. And my philosophy is that that should not happen. And it doesn't happen as long as we have our own path created in a way that resonates with who we are and with how we show up in the world. And something very important that you said that I completely standby is we are so taught to be okay right and it's almost not okay to be great because oh who do you think you are to be great why not to be great right why not experience health bliss why not sleep well why not be financially satisfied doing what you do 
why not do well when you manage your money well, right? They're all different aspects. And I think this is a great way to tell people don't settle in whatever area in your life, whether it's financial wealth, you know, your well-being, go for the great, go for the top, go for, you know, working with professionals who help you get to the top. I was talking to a group of networking uh, ladies and one of them basically said uh, a coach offered her her services and she was almost offended. And I said, wait a second, why? I said, she saw an opportunity in you to grow. I said, I am all about coaches, like help me, teach me. Like there are things you know that I don't know about, I've never even thought about, right? Because that is why you're the expert. I'm like, always surround yourself by people who know more. And they were like, you work with coaches? I was like, all the time. I have coach for everything, right? For my mindset, for my body. Let's talk about that. When a person comes to you, first of all, how do even people know to look for you? Because there's so many financial advisors. There's so many CPAs that I would say, based on what you said, offer a little bit more of the siloed solution, right? I'll handle your taxes. I'll handle your financial planning. Why do I come to you instead of go to somebody like that? Well, it, I really appreciate that question. As a matter of fact, that call that I was telling you about earlier today, the gentleman, this is what he said. He said, everyone in the financial world wants to provide solutions and they want to contain them to specific segments of expertise, but no one actually provides the end-to-end view that the client actually needs. And it was very, very powerful. It coming from an industry expert, because what we do, Maria, when I first started working with individuals, as I mentioned earlier, my focus was on figuring out what's happening with financial services. Why do people ask the question of what am I missing? What do the wealthy do that we don't do? Why does my financial planner just tell me that or advisor tell me the market does what it's always going to do, but overall, you're going to continue going higher. Why doesn't anybody talk about exit strategies before we get there? Well, in advance before we get there so that we can actually have a chance at maximizing our income streams when the time is right for us to no longer want to work for money. Why doesn't, why don't financial experts talk about those things? And so we started there and what we realized was that in financial services, similarly to other industries as well, there's, it's heavily driven based on sales. Everybody sells something. And when the clients end up working with a him or a her that only focus on a specific box or a specific uh, um, type of area of expertise, right? Just like this gentleman said, we end up being in silos and some get better silos and some get worse silos, depending on the the complexities and the solutions that that particular financial advisor may offer. And so what we found there is that it's not enough to just have a him or a her. When people say, oh, I, I have a financial advisor, I can automatically tell you that if we were to look at how truly they are structured from an overall perspective, overall financial and wealth building aspect, there are probably a lot of areas where money is being siphoned. It just literally slips in through the cracks. There are a lot of cracks. And so a lot of what we do in that, in that, uh, in that sense is we look for areas where we can stop the financial leakage. And so because of, because of how kind of the solutions and the challenges that we see with clients and their, their wealth building efforts, um, what we've done is we've kind of aligned ourselves across three different pillars. One of the one of our main pillars, one of those main three pillars is this area of how do we build wealth in a way that resonates with who we are, in the way that empowers us to get up in the morning, that helps us 
be happy actually versus live with stress and will I be okay? The question of will I be okay, regardless of how much money we make. The other major pillar that honestly, it kind of developed as we were working with clients, especially with um, successful business owners, as well as with high income, high, higher earning executives, is this notion of taxation. Now, we're not talking about the taxation that happens in the future. We're talking about today's taxes. Most individuals that are at the higher level of, of higher highest level of incomes, they're paying anywhere between 40 to 50% all in in taxes. And they're asking themselves the question of what can I do to minimize that? We're not talking about tax evasion, by the way. We're talking about truly being able to leverage the tax code. But the challenge is the CPA industry and the 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 taxes, the tax tax industry, tax preparation industry, they don't focus on strategies that are focused on taxes. They're more focused on tax filing. So not tax planning, but tax filing. And even the few people that will say we do tax planning. When we talk to them, what ends up happening is they quote the same 10 things or 20 or 15 things or whatever it is that you can find on Google. But again, the wealthy don't exactly go to what you find on Google. There are specific strategies that are not available. You can Google them all you want. They're, you're not going to find anything behind them because they're reserved for the very few. And so what we did in that area is we've surrounded ourselves with experts to say, okay, we have got to be able to help our clients figure out what that looks like. So we're not in competition with CPAs. We want to work with CPAs, with our client CPAs that are open-minded. What we find is that about 97 to 99% of the CPAs, let's say 95, are not very open-minded. They just want to do the taxes and be done. Well, that puts leaves the client in a situation where they're probably overexposed on the tax side. And then the other component that's very different in, in terms of how we go to market and how we help our clients is this notion of exit strategies. It's not enough to just say, I want to retire. Or for a business owner, it's not enough to just say, I want to think about selling my business someday. Because for the person that's going to retire, if they don't do things correctly as early as possible prior to retirement, they're going to minimize, not grow their streams of income. Mm -hmm. So the focus needs to really be on how do we maximize that income in retirement, when whatever retirement looks like, right? Whether it's 65 or 45 or earlier. And then for the business owner that wants to go through that exit strategy, it can make a huge difference getting a, an, an additional one-time valuation or minimizing how they're being tasked when and if they sell that, bis that business. So again, it all boils down to how do we keep more of that hard-earned money because we've worked really hard for it. And that's kind of the, the bottom line of what we do in this quarterback approach model that we have and we deliver to our clients day in and day out. When um, when you work with the client, I'm especially curious about the first point that you brought up. So like I come to you, how do you help me manage my money in such a way that aligns, I love that part, that aligns with who, who I am and what I do? Because there could be, you know, other people that are in the same industry. How do you distinguish that? I'm just, it made me really curious personally. <laughs> Well, here's, I'll, I'll start with the problem. The problem is that when individuals are invested, they're going to be invested in the types of investments and or vehicles that were proposed to them by the financial planner or financial advisor or financial whatever, right? The challenge that we have, Maria, is that those individuals, they don't know what else is out there. And if they do know that there are other options out there, who do you trust? 
Who do you trust, especially well, in the your financial planner? <laughs> hopefully, but let's. But but the reality is, people will say, "I can't stand losing money to the market." Well, how much of your money is in the market? So somebody, for example, at 65 years of age, and they're 86 to 90% all in the market, but they tell me that they can't stand looking at their statements for the fear of seeing losses. Why does the financial planner or advisor tell them that it's perfectly okay when they would have liked to retire five years ago, but they don't have a retirement plan. And so when it comes to to investing and growing wealth in a way that resonates with who we are, there are so many different options that people have access to, that unfortunately the industry is not incentivized to bring to bear or to bring to the awareness of the clients because that's not how the industry gets paid. That's not how the industry is incentivized. And so when we, when I realized that that was, that was happening, one of my big questions, and you'll probably resonate with this, was why is it that most financial advisors or planners will tell their clients that real estate is great, but... Here's the laundry list of things why you don't need, shouldn't want to hold real assets, mm -hmm. real brick and mortar, just invested in some sort of a fund, right? One of the reasons is because they're not incentivized for the client to have their money in alternative types of accounts. So if for myself, this is a real case, my husband and I love real estate, not to say we don't have everything else under the sun on the financial side, but when it comes to real estate, we really enjoy it. When our own financial planners, mm -hmm. where our, our own financial planners and advisors heard that, for them, it was a turnoff because immediately they knew that that money, they're not going to be able to invest. So now they were only getting a fraction of our, of our business. And so it was at that point in time that I had this huge epiphany of if a client wants something and it's, it produces the types of returns that they, that are in alignment to their wishes and desires and their goals, who is the industry to tell them that they should not do something? So you don't stick to traditional investments. You also advise clients on things such as, I don't know, gold, real estate, whatever it is that you want, sports car, art, whatever it is that you want to invest with. It has to be strategic and it has to be smart, right? Because we have to think about taxes. We have to think about estate planning. We have to think about legacy. We have to, we don't want to burn money, for example, on cars, but get, yes, if it's maybe a collectible car. Why don't we look at that as a potential investment? If the client really wants to do that, the idea is how do we bring it in to make sure that it's part of the equation and that the client has the tools necessary and the thought process necessary to figure out, okay, how does this fit into my bigger picture. wealth building picture? Exactly. Got so it. I hope, I know that that was a really long-winded answer. Oh, I thought, I, thought that was, I thought that was a really great example because I was like, how do you align that? But it makes sense to me. Hopefully it makes sense to our listeners as well. All right. You know, we have to, you know, we can keep talking, right? <laughs> Let's go with a um, piece of advice you want to share with us. Favorite quote can be related to what you do or it doesn't have to be. Um, one of my favorite quotes that um, it was actually, I, I first saw it in high school. It was this. It was this picture. If you can imagine this picture of a rubber band being stretched, and the quote was, "I." It was an. I think it's an anonymous quote. I've never heard anybody attributing it to anyone. It said that once a rubber band has been stretched and can never go back to its original size, and that's that's what we give to our clients every day. That's one of the things that makes me so passionate about what we do, because once once our clients have a chance to understand 
that they have options. It's just amazing. Their questions go from a fairly baseline level to continuing to increase year over year. And it's just such a beautiful journey to see because in alignment with that, once again, once the rubber band has been rubber band has been stretched and it will never go back to its original size, once we know the different things that we can do in life in general, we don't have to revert back to mediocrity. Yeah. And I, I quote that in a similar, I use the rubber band in not so favorable ways talking about the muscle, but uh, in terms of opening your mind and, you know, seeing the possibility and creating that awareness, self-awareness and stepping outside of the comfort zone. Once you step out and you see what's possible out there, I always say there's no going back into the box. So I think that aligns very much to it. Uh, yes, let's not go back into the box. I, I love that. It's a boring place to be in that box. Eunicia, um, what is your definition of rebellious? My definition of rebellious is um, in the context of what we do, ask a lot of questions. And if you don't feel deep down that those questions have been satisfied or that you have additional questions, it's time for you to take matters into your own hands and ask questions of someone else because chances are you've exhausted the answers you're going to get. I love that. And you didn't even know that about me, but I'm so famous for asking too many questions. And now when I meet a teacher, I just give them a warning. I will ask you a lot of questions. Please know that I'm not questioning your knowledge. I just like to understand. <laughs> so that is too funny that you mentioned that. Uh, where can people follow and um, find you? Should they have questions? Should they want to connect with you? Absolutely. They can. I'm sure you're going to include the links for social media in your, in your notes. Um, they can find us at www.empoweredfinancialplanner.com. And if they uh, would like to, I'd love to gift them with a short white paper that focuses on the five pitfalls to avoid when it comes to building wealth. And that can be found at empoweredfinancialplanner.com forward slash pitfalls. Awesome. And we can, if you share that, we can surely include that as well. Into Fantastic. The awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Unisi. I know you're a busy lady and I appreciate you making time to be here with us today. It was a pleasure being here with you and your listeners, Maria. Absolutely. You all make sure that you let us know if you have any questions, if any thoughts pop into mind. As always, I appreciate you tuning in. And remember, you got to stay rebellious. See you next time. Make it the rebellious one.